welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy session two of our Empowered Conference. Hallelujah. Let's stay standing. Let's just give Jesus another another shout of praise because He's worthy of all our praise. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, we can do better than that for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. You're our favourite, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're our favourite, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. I heard it was amazing last night. So good to have Pastor Catherine here with us and her, and her son Joe. Uh, wow, sounds like you guys had an amazing time last night. And uh, it's about to get a whole lot better. We've got such a lineup for you guys, and, and not just, you know, sitting here and, and soaking it in and taking it in, but also activation as well. Hallelujah. Who likes activation? Come on, amen. So I've titled this message, You've Got the Power. (laughs) So say, you've got the power. Say to the person next to you, you've got the power. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I want to get into the word today. Um, Who's got their Bibles here? Awesome. Give me a show of hands. Who's got the word? Hallelujah. Because I might be up here preaching heresy and so... You need to make sure that what I'm saying from the pulpit is actually in this word. Amen. We need to know the word for ourselves. Hallelujah. So we can't be talked out of it and wrangled out of it that, that we know what it says. So let's get, let's get started. We're going to go to Acts 1.8. Yeah, give me a cheer. Well, what we do, <laughs> there's a bit of a culture in our church. And so whenever we read out a scripture, in the Bible, we want to cheer. We want to be as excited about as we are in worship as we are about the Word. And so um, when I read out the Scripture, you know, let's give Jesus a shout of praise because we love His Word in this place. We honour it and we, and we esteem it very high. So Acts 1.8. You got it. But you shall receive power. Everyone say power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And that word power in the Koinonian Greek translates as dunamis, which is miracle working explosive power. So let's read that scripture again. So you shall receive miracle working explosive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. I, I love this verse because there's just there's so much in that verse that um, is, is for us personally. Amen. And so 
I, you know, as I was seeking God for a word for today, because this conference is empower, empowered. We want to empower you. It's not about me standing up here or, or anyone else standing up here. It's about empowering you to be all that you can be um, in Jesus and to fulfill the call that God's got on your life. And so God doesn't just need one person. He needs all hands on deck. Amen. And uh, so I, I felt um, just to share a few things about my own personal walk with God and uh, things that God showed me that really empowered me and helped me to get through some obstacles that I was facing. And I pray that it really ministers to your heart today as well. And um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, you know, as a young Christian and, and different verses that I would read in the Bible, um, you know, I got radically born again had a full-on encounter with Jesus, like changed my whole life. It was amazing. And um, at that point, I'd been, you know, drinking every day. And, you know, I was pretty bold when I had a, had a few drinks in me. Um, but then once I got born again, God supernaturally delivered me. And I had to negotiate life sober. And that was not easy for me. It was very, very difficult. And so... When I was a young Christian, I'd, I'd read um, verses like, like that one, you know, you shall receive power. And I'm like, well, that, that's nice, Holy Spirit, and, um, and you shall be a, a witness. And uh, I, d- I didn't know if I really liked the sound of that um, too much. And, you know, as I'd, I'd keep reading through the Word of God, and, and I knew that I was called to be a witness, but I didn't know how to do that or, or what that kind of looked like. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd try and search through the word and try and, you know, find a verse that, uh, that kind of let me off the hook a bit. But um, I didn't find any. <laughs> and so I would, as a young Christian, I'd, I'd read verses like this, you know, um, 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word be instant, be at hand, be ready, be present in season when it's convenient and out of season when it's not convenient. And, and, and then I'd read verses like James 1.23 and, and it says here, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be deceived. I didn't want to be uh, deluded, you know, just by hearing the word of God and um, you know, I'd read scriptures about the Great Commission and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd see that he said I could do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And the more I looked through the Bible, the more I saw that I needed to do something. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't get away with that. And um, <laughs> I, I knew that Jesus loved the lost, you know, that... that the most important thing and the closest thing to Jesus is hard as people. And I understood that and, and I knew that, but I had a huge big problem, an insurmountable mountain standing in my way of, of doing this scripture that was talking to me about being a witness for Jesus. And I, I had a lot of fear. Like I said, I, was, I wasn't just scared of preaching the gospel, man. I was scared of being alone at night. I was scared of, if I walk down the road, a dog might bite me. I was scared that if I go for a swim, a shark's going to get me. I mean, I was scared of living. I was scared of dying. I was, I was just dominated by fear. Every part of my walk with God was dominated by fear. And, 
you know, and I kind of hid that pretty well with drinking. And, um, you know, but, but now I had to negotiate my life sober and I realised that what Jesus wanted me to do was going to make me get out of my comfort zone. I was going to have to get out of my comfort zone and, and I was really terrified to do that and, you know, I, I, I would look at the word and I, I realised I had a choice. I realised that Jesus Christ is real, that I've met him and, and that he's more real than me standing here talking to you. And uh, that my life was now given to Jesus. And that this word here was my authority. And this was the final say. And this is how I was now to live my life. See, I'd be living a, a totally different way. And when I came into the kingdom, it was like I had to relearn how to do every single thing again. I've been living in such darkness. And, and so, you know, I would look at the word and I had a choice. God, either my emotions and my feelings and my fears are going to keep dominating me and, and I'm going to bow down to them or I'm going to look at this word and I'm going to bow down to what you've told me to do. No matter how hard it is, God, I choose to take you at your word. God, I know that you're real. I don't understand everything in your word, God, but I know that you're asking me to be a witness for you. Can you help me? And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because there's so many verses in the Bible, you know, I'd, I'd be like, oh, I just, I just don't feel like it, God. You know, and there's a verse in the Bible and it says that if I, if I preach the gospel willingly, that there's a reward. But if I preach it unwillingly, there's still a dispensation or a stewardship, um, a responsibility that's been entrusted to me. So whether I want to or not, there's no room in Scripture for me to, to get around this, um, you know, the, this, this area here. And, you know, all I realized is that I just needed a willingness and just to say yes to the Lord. And so God's not looking for, you know, that, that knows all the word inside out. He's, he's not looking for those that are... Um, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop, he's, he's, he's just looking for those who would just say yes to him. A willingness just to say yes, but to keep saying yes. Because it's not a one-time yes, it's, it's, it's yes over and over again. And, um, and so, you know, God really challenged me and this really confronted me. Is Jesus my Lord and Saviour? Or feelings and emotions? Am I, am I going to put the word of God above those things or am I going to come under? And so I cho chose to come under. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was really terrifying. It wasn't easy, you know. And so I wanted to talk today about, you know, because you guys see me up here and you see me bold and, and speaking in front of people, but it wasn't always that way. And so I wanted to share with you guys today how I got from A to B. And what that process looked like for me um, as a, man, I'm, I'm talking, I had extreme fear, anxiety attacks, like I was a mess. And uh, this, this just, this thing that God was asking me to do, it, it seemed insurmountable. And um, so if we know from the word, even just reading those couple of scriptures, that God has called all of us. If you're born again in this place, you are called to be a witness, 
for Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no one exempt. We are all called to be a witness. You know, and I tried to, um, I tried to bargain with God a little bit. Anyone tried to do that? <laughs> Come on, be honest. You're in a church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tried to bargain with God and I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll do that, but, um, but I'm not preaching in front of people and I'm certainly not getting up on the pulpit to do it. You know, and uh, it was funny. I, it, it just doesn't work when you try and bargain with God. You know, like he, he just leads you in a way that I don't even know how he actually end up, ends up doing it, but he does. Hallelujah. The very thing that you say that you won't do, I can guarantee God will get you to do. I can guarantee it. Never say never to Jesus. Say, your will be done, Lord. And so we can see clearly in the word that um, actually walking this out practically um, as everyday believers. But how do we get from knowing the truth to walking it out? And how do I get through those obstacles of fear to preach? Is there anyone in here who, who struggles and has a real fear to go and preach the gospel? Show me a... Show me a Show of hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what God did is he took me by the hand and he began to teach me one step at a time. And just as I began to get through the word of God and I just renew my mind of, of who I was now. And I, I was thinking back, God reminded me yesterday about the first time I ever witnessed to someone and I was, I'd just been newly born again, and, and I didn't know I wasn't meant to be drinking and smoking, praise God for His grace. But I, um, I went into the pub, and I had my Bible now, you know, and, and, I, and I was, um, someone had given me like a little card with, with a Jesus verse on it, and I was like, oh, well, I'm already saved, so that must be for someone else. So I, I put it in my pocket and went to the pub, and I'd listen to Dan play, actually, you know. Um, so funny how... Uh, pastors are sitting in pubs, <laughs> you know, like honestly, there is unsaved people that are called to be pastors sitting in pubs, there's, there's a lot of people that are, that are not in their right identity, you know, and, um, and anyway, so I, I'd had a few, so I was really bold, and um, I went up, I saw this guy sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that to him, you know, and so I, I pulled this out, and I said, oh, here, mate, you know, this, this is for you, and uh, he starts reading this, you know, it, it was actually a nice, you know, message kind of thing, and, and um, he scrunches it up, and he says to me, um, bleep, 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 F and J, C, and threw it on the ground, and I'm like, I'm like shocked, I'm, I'm like stunned, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I could have given him anything else but the power of the name of Jesus Christ, I was so excited, I'm like, look at that, I said, you could say anything else to him, you would not get that, to, you know, that, that response, and so I was so excited that, that he was so upset, because I'm like, it works, the gospel works, right, <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah, and uh, and so so after that, God God supernaturally actually delivered me in the pub, and I haven't had a drink for fifteen years. I was in the pub, and He said to me, I heard Him audibly he said, "Do not forsake me," and the fear of God hit me, and I, I I left that drink, and I've never touched one since. So, the power of the name of Jesus, and and anyway, so I had to negotiate life sober. And uh, oh my goodness, there's so much fear to get through. And, 
And what I did, I was like, okay, I've got to, i got to push through that. The word's telling me I've got to do this. I've, I, I don't know how, but I'm, I'm just going to try and step out. And I would do what I set for myself. They were called break the fear missions. And um, I would deliberately make myself go into places that made me feel extremely uncomfortable and fearful. And I would set these different things and scenarios up where, you know, I would do these things. I just didn't want to be bound by fear. It had dominated my life and I was over it. I was like, hang on, I'm reading here. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love and a sound mind. I'm like, but I'm not walking like that, Jesus. I'm, I'm still fearful. And um, so I knew I, I just, I have to fight through this. Like I, you're telling me I can do it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to push back a bit and um, <laughs> another testimony, I, I pulled up to a servo and I'm on one, one of my break the fear missions and, and this guy was so scary, oh my goodness. He's on his Harley and he's got like the coffin cheaters, you know, jacket on and that's, you know, like the bikey group here and dark shades and, um, you know, he was scary looking guy and, and tats and, you know, one of those ones where... <laughs> kind of sitting in the car and you just lock it and you just want to drive away like really quickly. Like I'm sitting there for ages and I'm like, just come on, we've got we to do this, right? And so I'm terrified. Like this isn't, it, it sounds funny now, but I'm freaking out. And I'm like, okay, okay, Jesus, I can do this. And so I just, I'm like, okay, it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, timid and afraid, God, your word says I'm bold. So I just bowled straight up to him, like, you know, didn't let that intimidation or let him think that I was intimidated. And I kind of got in his face a bit. And I just, I said to him, I said, excuse me, sir, has anyone ever loved you enough to tell you that Jesus loves you so very much? And um, a few seconds passed and there was no response. I'm like, uh, (laughs) I might be meeting this Jesus a lot quicker than I thought. And uh, it was a long two seconds, you know, like it's like it feels like 10 years. And anyway, he, he lifted his shades up and he looked me in the eye and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, uh, no one's told me that for a very long time. And, um, huh. And he put his shades back down and and he drove off. And, you know, I didn't see a harvest in that moment, but I I knew that that seed went into his heart. And I'll tell you what I realized. On the other side of my fear was someone else's freedom. Come on, on the other side of your fear is someone else's freedom. They're just waiting to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. 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 And so, so I, I started getting okay with the one-on-ones, but then I'd feel intimidated with a group of people. And so I'd deliberately find like groups of people and I'd be feeling that fear thing. And um, so before my mind had a chance to catch up, I'd just step into the middle of the group. Hey guys, how you, how you doing? You know, it's too late to back out now. You've already said hello. And so um, you know, I'd just tell them about Jesus and, and people would just be so touched and kids would just be weeping and um, it, it was phenomenal and I, I just realised that um, fear's a mirage. Fear's a mirage. And uh, the next challenge was the thought of open airing. It made me feel physically sick. 
And so, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really stepping out on a limb here, like, you know, these break the fear missions. And, and so I, I, I got a track, and I remember it was in Dandenong. And, um, you know, when you're shaking, like, because of fear, like not because not you had too much coffee, but you're just shaking because, I mean, you know, I'm holding the track. It's like this in my hand. Like, I'm terrified. Like, it, it's not fun, right? And, and so I'm just like, you know, there's all these people around and, you know, um, milling around. And I'm like, oh, God, they're going to think I'm crazy. And, and I'm just like, that's okay, God, you said, you know, you said that, you, you, you know, you've called me to be a witness. And so I'm standing there and I'm shaking and I'm not even looking at anyone. I'm just yelling at the top of my voice like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that ever who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And as I heralded this, my voice is shaky. I just felt fear break off. I felt fear break off my life. I felt it. I felt it by putting myself in those um, situations. And, um, you know, there were still situations where, you know, I've, I felt fear. And I remember one night, you know, I'm, I'm like, God, you know, before I started this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a fearless warrior, God. I'm not, I'm not ever going to feel fear again. And, and you know, we're going to do this gospel thing. And um, I remember, but there would still be certain situations where I felt fear. And I remember sitting on my bed so discouraged one night. And I'm like, God, I just, you know, I've been doing this for, for months, God. And I thought that, you know, I, I just wouldn't feel fear anymore. It says, you know, you haven't given me a spirit of fear and... Um, I was just so discouraged, and Jesus is so beautiful. You know, he's interactive. He's interactive. When you talk to him, he answers. He answers. He talks back. He's, we're not just talking into the air. And he encouraged my heart. He showed me something that radically changed my life and um, changed my whole perspective. And so I'm going to share it with you. One night I was, I was sitting on my bed and, and, and just asking God, just saying, God, I thought I'd be fearless by now, you know. And I was sitting there and I'm, I'm reading my Bible and all of a sudden this huge big shadow came over my Bible and over the wall. And, you know, I'm still dealing with fear issues, like not wanting to be at home on my own and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, look up. I'm like, man, I don't want to look up. I don't even know what kind of beast has just walked in the room, right? You know, and he's like, no, look up. I'm like, okay. So I looked up and um, <laughs> what I saw right next to the light bulb was a tiny little moth. In fact, it was so small. <laughs> I don't even think it qualified as a moth. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there is no way that that could cause such intimidation. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, that's what the enemy does, Chelsea. He's only got intimidation. He's only got smoke screens and mirrors and, um, and shadows. He casts shadows, mirages that aren't actually even real. And um, it, it was amazing. He said, Chelsea... He was stripped at the cross of all power and all authority. The only authority that the enemy has in your life is when you open the door to sin or you come into agreement with what he says over this. That's the only time he has 
any power or authority. And that's why we need to disagree with what the enemy's saying. And we need to lift this up higher and agree with what God says. Amen? You've got the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I read in Revelations and it tells me that people will look at the devil and go, is this the man who deceived the whole world? Come on, we give him way too much credit. Is this the man who deceived the whole world? It says everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth must bow at the name of Jesus. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus tells us he's far above every principality, every power. It doesn't say, oh, he's breaking even, he might win. It says far above. Far above. You've got the power. You've got the authority. You've been given every spiritual blessing. You're the one that's seated in heavenly places. Come on, we've got to get this. We've got to believe it. The enemy's got an expiry date. All this wickedness is all passing away. Except for this. And you need to be standing on this. For real. This is the only thing that is not going to pass away. And so that's why I'm saying to you, if you have your Bible, man, make sure you know the Word of God. It's precious. Don't hold it as a light thing. It's glorious. It's got the, the blood of the martyrs all over this. Paul said, contend for the faith. Come on, man, we've got to, this is not negotiable. This is not up for discussion. This is the truth that far outweighs any facts, any circumstances that are right in front of your face. They're lies if they are contrary to this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I'd read this verse. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. He gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And I remember reading this scripture and the penny dropped. And this is what God showed me. I realized that fear was a spirit. I realized it was a spirit. I realized fear had no hold on me. Fear didn't live in me anymore. It was a huge revelation because here I am trying to be this fearless warrior and I never feel fear. And so God showed me, Chelsea, you are fearless. What's presenting itself at times to you is a spirit of fear. And you have a choice whether you're going to submit to the spirit of fear or you're going to submit to my kingdom. And the thing is, even though I've, I physically felt fear, sometimes I even go out on the street, I still feel that spirit of fear trying to intimidate me to stop me. Who still feels that? You might have been out on the street for years and you still feel that, that intimidation, but I honestly thought, no, I'm not free, the word isn't working because I still felt fear. And so it was a huge revelation to me um, 
And God began to speak to me about how to get victory over fear. And he said this, James 4, 7, Therefore, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, right? Resist, oppose, push against. And here's the promise. And he will flee from you. He will run. He will run. He will vanish. He will disappear. Why? Because you're standing with God, the incorruptible Word of God. When you stand your ground in the Lord, the devil flees. We've just got to stand. Hallelujah. 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 What we've got to do is we've got to do the opposite of what the enemy's trying to get us to do. The enemy's trying to get us to hate and get all caught up in all the rubbish. Love people. Be kind to them. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. How do we overcome evil? With good. When the enemy's trying to stir up contention and jealousies and do the opposite. Do the opposite. We've got to resist. It's a battle. It's a good fight. We've got to, we've got to understand they're not our thoughts. They're not, they're not our ways. It's the enemy. He's not in you, but he's trying to get access into you. And so I realized really quickly that fear is a mirage and I can just step straight through it. And that changed my life in so many areas. I could, I could go for a walk. I could go for a swim. I could, and those fears sound so irrational now, but they certainly won't then. They, they were really full on, you know. And, um, you know, when, when you go out on the street, expect to, expect to hear the enemy. Oh, don't disturb them. No, they're just trying to have a nice lunch. Oh, no, don't. You know, you don't want to tell them about the gospel. And, you know, you're always going to hear the enemy's voice until Jesus locks them up and does away with him. But what we need to tune into is God's love and compassion, Charles. Just one more. Chels, they're dying. Rescue them. Chels, I paid the price for this one. You know, Jesus didn't come for the well. He came for the lost, the broken, the dying, the hurting, the busted up ones, the ones that swear, the ones that are tattooed, the ones that are messed up. They're the ones he came for. They're the ones he came for. He didn't come for the well. He didn't come for those that didn't need a physician. And so when we're out on the street, we just hear the heartbeat of heaven. I tell you, you cannot get close to God and not hear his heart for the lost. And it's out of that love and compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. When he saw people that were sick, he just had to come and bring healing. You know, God's God's the opposite. Where we see, you know, sickness, we bring healing. Where we see ashes, we bring beauty. Where we see, you know, mourning, we bring the oil of joy. Where there's death, he brings life. If there's dead things in your life, that's a qualification for for resurrection. (laughs) Come on. He loves you so much. People are his prize. People are his most prized possession and he loves them. He loves you. He loves you. And he's empowered you to reach the lost. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you, Jesus. You know, when I, I would step out, I'd be, I'd be so afraid because I'm like, God, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? And, you know, like all these, all these different things. And, you know, the enemy is terrified that you're going to set one of his captives free. He's so terrified when you start feeling that spirit of fear, you're onto something. Don't leave that situation. It's kind of showing you the scent of where the enemy doesn't want you to touch. So go after it. He's terrified. He's projecting his fear on you. He's terrified that you're going to speak the gospel, the power of God unto salvation. He's quaking in his boots, man. He's throwing everything at you to stop you from going out on the streets, to stop you from saying those life-giving words to someone who's dying. You know, you just, when you go out on the streets or anywhere, just, just normal everyday life, just start a conversation. Hi, how are you? Don't be weird. You know, hey, how are you? I need a word. You know, like, people are like, what? You know, like, just don't be weird. Just, just, hi, how are you? How, how's your day going? Oh, can I give you a word of encouragement? Now, who doesn't need a word of encouragement? Is there anything I could pray for you for? I, I see, you, you know, you've got a walking stick there. You know, Jesus would love to heal you. Would you mind if I just, you know, pray for you? Because God doesn't want to see you in pain anymore. You know, we don't have to be weird and wacky and like in people's face. Well, I'm right and you're wrong and bashing people over the head. Just love people. Just love them. Just love them where they're at. Even if they're swearing and smoking in your face, just love them where they're at. Just love them where they're at. You know, and, and God showed me evangelism is as easy as when you love some, something, when you love anything. You know, it might be, a, you know, someone that gets a new boyfriend. That's all you'll hear out of their mouth or, they, or, or, or a band or something that they love. They will nonstop talk about it. People talk about what they love all the time. So why shouldn't we be talking about what we love? And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Come on, how, how are they going to hear if we don't tell them? Jesus. God uses the foolishness of preaching. It's his method. No one else has come up with a better method. This is his method. He chooses to do it that way and he says that his word will never come back void, but it will accomplish that which he sent it to do. The foolishness of preaching. I love it. Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does it say here, shall the, you know, shall the, for the rich and famous, shall the, you know, pastors that call upon the name of the Lord? No, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it says here, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings, good news of good things. You know, the gospel can't preach itself. It can't preach itself. He, he needs vessels. He needs you to open your mouth. And you don't need to be an expert. Here's the thing. The Holy Ghost is the expert. 
You know, so often even, you know, in the, in the prophetic, we can try and muster up and conjure up these great words. But just as you have a normal conversation, I can guarantee that God is prophetically speaking to that person through what you're saying in a normal conversation. They'll be like, wow, I was just thinking that. Doesn't need to be awkward. Just love, just see that person. They're not, you know, they're, 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 a, they're a person. To not just see, oh, cool, it's another soul saved, but they're a person. That they've got problems and they've got issues and they, they just need some help. They just need mercy. They just need the grace of God, the goodness of God that leads to repentance, the kindness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I got to a, yeah, I got to a, I got to a point where I was just like, Witnessing is not optional. And I kinda I kinda see that, you know, the modern day Christian, it's kind of opt in and opt out. But that's not what the word says. It doesn't say that. There's nowhere is there any scholars in here that maybe you found a verse? And that really deeply challenged me. And I'm sure it deeply challenges you as well. But that's what the word's meant to do. It's meant to challenge us. It's meant to change us. It's meant to bring conviction to us. It's meant to stir us up and provoke us. To be looking more like Jesus. And it's not just a one-off event. It's, it's a daily life of just as you go. Speaking to people about Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew, it's quiet in here. It's quiet in here. And so I just want to share uh, one, one more story before I finish up. And, um, you know, Dan and I were in Queensland earlier this year and these people have given us their, their house, their home to stay in. And, uh, you know, we like to leave things better, you know, than when we found them and, and just to be a blessing for them. And so I rang uh, this, this cleaner and um, that, so it was, a, it was a house. And then out in the patio area, it's huge, like white tiles, but the weather would come in. And so they, they were, you know, dirty. And so I wanted to make sure that they were, you know, pristine and, and beautiful for, for the family. And so I rang her and praise God she could do it. And I just said to her, um, I just, I need that patio area done. Um, and, you know, the, re the rest of the house, you know, we've got to leave tomorrow. And so we just want it really beautiful. And um, so I texted her and I wrote it down exactly what I needed, what the priority was, and um, that was cool. So we left for hours, a long time, and uh, we get this call and she's like, oh, cool, you can, you can come back, it's all done. I'm like, awesome. So I, you know, I walk into this house and, you know, it smells good, you know, when they've just had a fresh clean and it's like bleach and, you know, <laughs> that kind of smell. It, it smells clean. Anyway, and so I'm looking through every room and it's just done so beautifully. 
And, um, you know, all the beds are made and everything's wonderful. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. They're going to be so pleased. And uh, anyway, so I walk out on the patio and it's not done. And I've gone back over my text messages and I'm like, pretty sure I wrote down like clearly what I wanted her to do. Like, is there a miscommunication here? I wrote it down. So I went back through my text messages and Anyway, after my shock and horror, I gave her a call and I just said, oh, did I, um, did I not make it clear, you know, what, what I needed you to do? And, you know, I, I, I did say this and, and she said, oh, um, oh, I thought I'd start with the inside of the house. Um, I, I just ran out of time. I thought I had more time. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, so we had to leave the next day. And, you know, at Queensland's like, man, sweating, like it's just hot all the time. And anyway, I'm out there and I've got the mop, you know, we're, we're leaving that morning and I'm sweating, you know, and I'm mopping this floor. And uh, I heard the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, Charles, so many of my people are beautifying my house. But they've left the main thing undone. And he's okay with with beautifying the house. and, And he's okay with all of those different things. You know, but we see in his word that the last things that he says was go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he just brought to my heart, I'm like, God, didn't I make it clear? And he's like, didn't I make it clear that this was my priority? That I sent you? That I communicated really clearly? And so sweat's pouring, pouring off my head. I just felt the heart of God. Now, God's okay with whatever we're doing, but as long as it centers around the lost, as long as it centers around every person in this room, you have a ministry of reconciliation. I have a ministry of reconciliation above anything else, above any other role, any other hat I wear. My first ministry is reconciling man back to God. And my heart really just broke for the Lord. I was like, wow, God, we can be so caught up. And we think that there's time. She said to me, I ran out of time. I thought I had more time. And we can think we've got more time. But tomorrow's promise to no one. And so I want to I wanna challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. And, you know, I spoke about break the fear missions before. And um, so I've set, set a break the fear mission for those who want to go out today and reach the loss for Jesus. 
And uh, what we've done is we've set up teams. We're going to make it really easy for you. And they're going to hit the streets at, at 2 p.m. this afternoon. And um, they're, they're going to, you know, go out and, and show you and, and give you an opportunity to, to just love on the community, just love on the lost. Hi, how are you? And so I want to I set this challenge to you. Maybe you're like me and, you know, you... You, you want to witness and you see that it says it in the Word and you know that you should be, but you're too scared to, then you've got to start somewhere. I had to start somewhere and I didn't even think I could do it, but the Word showed me that I could. And it's true. I'm standing up here because of this, because of the Word, because I chose to believe it over my feelings and emotions. And so it says to us, you know, that um, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel for necessity is laid upon me. Necessity is laid upon us to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so what I want to do is I want to I um, do a call for those that this, this message, this, this is what the Holy Spirit told me to, to preach. And I know it's touching hearts. I know it's bringing conviction. I know it's bringing um, encouragement. I know it's bringing like, oh, wow, it's, it's kind of confronted you. And that's what it's designed to do. And God's just waiting on that response. Because we've got to, at some point, go from hearing, 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 hearing the word, another sermon, another sermon, another sermon, to actually doing it, to actually walking it out, to actually hear the heartbeat of heaven and to go, Father, what do you need me to do on this earth? Father, what's on your heart? Father, how can I help? God, I'm your servant, God. I'm your hands, I'm your feet, I'm your mouth. God, what do you want me to do? Because we see Jesus, he just went about doing the Father's business. As he went, we, we just see lives being trained, transformed, just as he went. And that's what God wants us to do. Because it says the doers of the word are the ones going to be justified. You know, when I, when I read that word and it said that if, I, if I'm just a hearer only, that I'm deluded, that I'm deceiving myself. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be deceived. Help me, God. Help me, God. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to put a call out. If, if that's you, if you, um, you know, want to do a break the fear mission today, then I want you to come up and stand up here in the altar. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.